Today we're continuing in our diverse series where we said that we're going to take a month or so to hear from some different voices who are part of our community, people who come from different cultures than us, uh, and the majority of us, clarify that, and uh, people who come from different experiences. And we said last week that there's a few reasons why we want to do this. One of the reasons is that we just want to be able to celebrate the fact that we are quite a diverse community. We know uh, not all churches reflect our diversity, and so we want to continue to celebrate that and hold that up as something that we think is really, really great, that we love the fact that we come from uh, different places and that we come from all sorts of different backgrounds. We've also said, though, that this is really, really helpful for those of us who have been born and raised in Australia because this funny thing called culture is something that we just take for granted. And so we have a whole bunch of things about Australian culture that we may not recognise are as good as they are, and some things about Australian culture that may not be as good as we think that they might be. And so being able to hear from some people who come into that with a fresh set of eyes and come from different cultural experiences can really help us to understand and be challenged about some of the things that maybe we take for granted a little bit. The other reason why we said that this series is really important is because the community around us is becoming more and more diverse. And I mentioned last week that over 40% of the people who live in Brooklyn Park were born overseas. And so if we want to be a church that reflects the demographics of the community where we're based, this needs to be something that we continue to grow in. And so hearing again from people who come from different contexts can help us to be even better at being a spiritual family that welcomes people in who might be coming from different uh, diverse backgrounds. So we briefly uh, have had a look at this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. It's familiar for many of us. Um, but it's one of Paul's favourite metaphors is to talk about the church as the body of Christ. And there's so much richness that comes out of that. This beautiful picture of recognising that our bodies are made up of all sorts of different parts. And when we work together, that's when we're healthy. When the body's in sync and everything's playing the part that it's supposed to, everything goes really, really well. And that's the same in churches, that all of us are different, we have different roles to play, but as we submit ourselves to Jesus' leadership, we find a sense of unity and a sense of purpose, and we find ourselves working really well together. And Paul, in particular in this passage, pulls out how ridiculous it would be for a hand to say, well, I don't really need a foot on a body, that's ludicrous. Or for an eye to say, well, I'd actually rather be in here, quite frankly. All of that would be silly. And yet it's so easy for us to fall into that trap where we think, I wish I was more like someone else. Or I don't really matter that much because I don't have as much to offer as what someone else does. But Paul is really trying to challenge us to say, all of us, regardless of the roles that we play, the gifts that we've got, the passions that we've got, the experiences that we've had, the cultures that we come from, all of us are really, really important so that we can be a healthy body that is united under Jesus. And so it's a good reminder that if we were all exactly the same, it would be a little bit dysfunctional. So just like if a body was all just one gigantic big nose, that would be a little bit odd, or if it was just a foot hopping around, that would be a bit strange. For us as a church, we don't want to all be the same. We want to embrace our differences, embrace the fact that we can learn from each other in that, and then recognise that we are Jesus' body. And I think there's some stuff that's really, really powerful about recognising that we are physically Jesus' presence in the community in which he's placed us, that we are literally Jesus' hands and his feet and his mouthpiece and his eyes and his ears in a very tangible way. And so as the church, we have the privilege of going and being Jesus in all of the different places in which we get to serve. So again, we need to work together so that we can do that 
to the best of our ability. So with that as a little bit of an intro to recognise, that's why we're doing this series, I want to invite Ashok and Sunny up the front. So let's give them a hand as they come down.
Jewish settlements to come to India. We still have a Jewish settlement in Kerala. And because of all this, I think the land has been really blessed. Yeah, that's right. And we've had rain for Kerala over the last month or so because they had some very significant rainfalls about a month ago. And so all that rain was obviously up in the mountains and came down. And you said there's lots and lots of big dams there as well, which had burst. Um, and so being a big tourist destination, that's a big part of the problem, is that the majority of income comes from tourists. So when that gets decimated like that, it's a really big problem. Oh, it's, it's really been a mess out there, because we have, in the small state, there, you know, we have almost like 33 reservoirs or dams. And all of them were you know, flooded. The hills, the roads have been cut off. You know, the reconstruction is going on. Yeah. And then thank you, church, for praying. A lot of people contributed, even from Australia, people contributed to the Chief Minister's Relief Fund, which I personally know. Yeah. Really thank you for that. That's right. So, tell us a little bit about what it is about India. What have you been here compared to uh, what things were like there? Oh, since I first, when did you come to Australia? Um, in December 2016, yeah. so this is going to be two years now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, tell us a bit about what you miss from India. For me, personally, um, you know, as Jesus is the center of our life, um, I personally don't miss much because I've grown up all my all my days in different places. I grew up in Gulf, and being the elder elder son, you know, in our culture, the elder son or the elder one in the family has to move out of the family and make way for the younger ones. So I've always moved out, you know, studied in different places, not from where, you know, from from my home. So, as Jesus is there, and then as Susan is there, I don't miss much. <laughs> but then, um, uh, yeah, of course, we miss family. Then uh, we miss, um, you know, our trips together. That's what I know I can remember of. Yeah. You know, whenever there was a, you know, a public holiday or something, or three days in a row, you know, we used to just go out from Cochin, go to, like, the mountains where, you know, we have friends. Just relax when there's no mobile, no internet, yeah. no phone, no calls, nothing, just on our own. Yeah. We are not we are not fine that in Australia because we never had a chance, but I'm sure no, we will be doing that here too. Yeah. That's great. What do you miss the most about India? From India, I miss my family. Yes. Our family and our friends there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, our gatherings there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's not having community and support network. So what would you say has been the hardest thing about settling into Australian culture? Is there anything that was, you would say, was a, a big challenge that you kind of entered in? Um, it's just a cultural difference that I have noticed here. You know, people are always the same. And then, you know, I, I've always thought about this, you know, coming here, getting a job, especially, you know, getting our friends and all, all these things, you know, are a bit tough. But then uh, I have felt that, you know, if a person from Australia goes to India, they will face the same thing. Sure. It's, it's going to be a different thing out there. You know, they might be surprised at the way people behave because there's a vast amount of cultural difference. For example, I can relate to anything, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting a transfer from here to Sydney, and just imagine that's an India. The first thing, you know, I would go to is to a church. And, and the church, you know, would help us settle down. Help us settle down. You know, yeah. you know the pastors and elders, Without us inviting, you know, they would come home, be there, pray for us, get our things settled. And it's not just for Christians alone. For example, if a Hindu moves from 
that led to Sydney you know, first go to a group called you know, the VHP or the BJP or the, the Temple. You know, those were those safety patterns. So uh, here you know, I'm, I've not uh, found this except for you know a few of our Kerbite uh, friends. Um, only you know a few people you know have really visited our books, which which because we are very open on that. You don't have to like you don't need to invite someone you know, to come. You know, always free. But I, I thank God you know you have come. Uh, Rose has come. Joyce has come. John and Ruth have come. Lots of people have come, and then so that's one thing was there. You know, when we came first, you know, the six months or the eight months, you know, there was a, a, a some sort of a, like you know we felt loneliness. But now it has changed. The church has accepted us. We are not free. As even the place where we work in the airport, everywhere right now, things have moved on. That's good. And I think that was one of the things that was interesting with the conversation about that this week, just that reality of for you, if you go to a new place, the expectation is people will come to your house uninvited <laughs> and just kind of show up and help you set up into things. And so we talked about how in Australia, it's got no one who gets dropped in the sun. Yes, uninvited. You wait for someone to invite you over before you come. And so that is an interesting cultural difference. That I think is one of these things we're talking about to be able to recognise, because that wouldn't just be true for your culture. There's lots of cultures where hospitality is such a key thing. And it's just this deep of expectation that you will invite yourself over. Yeah, that's what I told you. If, if you go to India and you find people coming to your house, you'll yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I would love it. That's right. It's good. So, as we've talked about, one of the key things we're trying to do is say, what have we done well as a church in terms of helping you settle into life in Adelaide, but especially become part of our community. So, are there any things that come to mind uh, over the last year and a half that have been especially helpful in you settling into uh, life here in Brooklyn Park? Um, the church uh, really played a very important role, especially getting the kicks along. The initial part of us was like a real struggle when we didn't have job. The funds that we got in started to like, you know, dwindle down, came to zero. And then, you know, there was nothing there. And then uh, we are really thankful for, you know, the play group, the church, and for people uh, in this church who have really hand-folded us, helped us to settle down, and then move, move on. There were times, you know, the food that that we got from the group was sufficient for us to you know, get along for the entire week. And from there, you know, Jesus has really helped us uh, to give that food to another family. You know, the portion that we get from there, we have found another family who has made. Jesus has helped us to give from that to them. So, um, it, was, it was a, when I, when I think back, you know, as a testimony to, you know, I feel Jesus has done a great thing. You know, yeah. Even if it's a small church, that, that's one thing I like with a small church, that a bigger church is like, at least now people, we know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, now who all are me, who are having problems, kind of health issues and things. And, and as a family, when we pray, you know, we also keep praying, you know, looking at the care card and things, and then we also keep things in prayer. So that's one thing beautiful about this you know, church. Yeah, that's great. And I think we mentioned some of this last year when you guys came into membership, but I think it's just good recognition. So for you, you arrived in December 2016, and it wasn't until the middle of last year that you were able to get some work, which was a 
huge challenge, and so yeah, I remember you come into play group and being part of that and doing distribution stuff that we do on Tuesdays. And one of the things that I was just astounded at was exactly what you said that you didn't just take that tweet for yourselves, which you would have been very entitled to do, even if you were struggling. But you really tried to say how can we then pass that on to other families around us that we know are also struggling, which is a real credit to you guys in terms of what your heart is like. So that's great. Um, so we've already touched on briefly about the idea of just dropping around and kind of coming and seeing you. That would have been something that would have helped you kind of <laughs> feel a little bit more. Right. Is there anything else as you think about us as a church community that you would say, particularly thinking about the people around us, that we could be doing that would help people to be able to settle in to life with us even more efficiently, <laughs> efficiently and effectively? So just combine them together and get efficient. For example, like when we are going through a, when we go through a case, for example, if it's an illness or something like that. Um, here, like, you know, if I have to call you, maybe I'll have to text you or make an appointment. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Uh, but in India, we don't need that. For, for example, for our parents, the pastors and the elders are shortly over. You know, we can call them at any time and then request, you know. And a prayer, yeah. because like you know, we might be having uh, you know some sort of a stress or some some problem, and then when you know, the pastor prays, you know, it's we have a feeling that okay, somebody's praying with us. So and uh, and and not only in those issues alone, when for example you know we buy a house or we buy a car, the people will just come around, you know, give glory to God and pray that yeah. God has blessed us and things like that. So uh, all those things. Uh, I feel it's a bit of cultural yeah. difference because yeah. we have come from there, we have lived all the time there now. We're just getting used to it slowly yes. by slowly. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. <coughs> so, one of the things we've said, one of the three series is also to be able to learn from other people and just what God's challenging you about, what God's been speaking to you about. So, Ash, you're going to share a little bit about a couple of things you've been processing lately. So, I think um, uh, For us, uh, as a family, uh, Jesus is the center. We have always tried to think just a soul. Um, there's one verse, you know, which uh, I would uh, love to share, you know, from this, like, the Psalms, when the one was one of the things, like, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will serve the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God will be my trust. <clears throat> the safest place. Anywhere is to be in the shelter of the most high. That's where you know Jesus becomes the center. And when we were coming here, we had nothing. And Jesus, God just told us, leave everything. Move, move from your land. Leave everything. Leave everything behind. Move from. And then just obey God and came here, trusted in Him. And we could really find find shelter in His under His wings, in His arms. And then when we, you know, it's like a blind faith, trust in Him, He keeps, you know, progressing us step by step, opening single door one at a time. And that's how, that's how it has been for us. Even when we are sick, or illness, or we are troubled, or married, if we have blind faith in God, and make Him the center of our life, and, you know, um, have the feeling that we are for His wings, I'm pretty sure and confident that you know he will do things 
which will be really helpful for us. Because God says in His Word, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. If that is His Word, it is true. It is not just for yesterday, it's even for today. So, finding that faith, finding that comfort under His wings is very important. It's, 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 a, it's not that easy. Believe me, it's not that easy because I know you can be stressed out. But then if we can find that peace, if we can find that trust, it is a great thing. And then, you know, we will know that God is our refuge and our fortress, our provider, the everything. And uh, that's what, you know, we, we have found, we have experienced, that's what we try to uh, pass, pass down to our children, bring them up, so that when they grow up, they will also know that that is where they need to find the refuge. Not in anything else in the world, not in drugs, not in, not in, not in drinks, not, not in anything else in this world. But that's the place where they need to find the refuge. And I, 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 I'm just... Um, there's a, a great poet, English poet, Lord Byron. He was entering a poetry competition. And the theme of the poetry was Jesus turning water into wine. Just wrote one sentence. And I was so touched by this. Water met its maker and blushed. Now we can say all things about that miracle, but just one sentence. Water met its maker and blushed. If we meet our, if we meet our maker, you know, we will be so overwhelmed, so good, and we will know that Jesus is there for us. Yeah, that's right. One question, just, and we've asked, talked about this before, so it's too complicated, don't worry about it. But just, you mentioned about uh, recognizing, and I, I love the blind faith that you have, trusting God's provision, that sense of Him providing for you. But you mentioned about that doesn't mean that at times things aren't hard and times aren't stressful. I think sometimes we can get trapped into thinking that that's an either or. Either we can trust God and so everything's like yarn and it's all fine, or we're stressed, which means we don't trust God. How do you reconcile those two things together? So particularly in times when it is a bit more difficult, think of last year when you were waiting to try and get some work, how do you reconcile that tension of feeling a sense of stress and this is hard and I don't know what the answer is going to be, but that sense of trust? Uh, I can explain that through an example to know this um, It was in September 2017. This uh, young man, Michelle, wanted to have milk. He was having that uh, bottled milk, you know, that tin milk. Yeah. You know, that supplement. Susan told me milk is running out, there is no milk. So, I, you know, as a father, you know, it's, he, he can imagine what I'm going through. Yeah. Okay, the, the, the spouse is telling you to have milk to give to the child. I, I, I was like totally depressed, totally angry, so sad. I just went out of the house, just walked, you know, sat around and went back up to Hilton. Walking, I was like totally calling with God. To be honest, I was like totally fighting with him. Lord, is this why you want me to come here? Is this what you want me, what you want me to go through? But please, I don't want to see my child cry, you know, that there is no way. I want, I, I want to have a little bit of So I just walked, talking to God. 
Before reaching Newton, I said to you, there's a coptic church there, and there's a fridge on the door. I opened the fridge, there were three tins of milk in the fridge. I'm talking about, you know, he, had, he wanted to have stage three, and it was stage three. It was not stage one, it was not stage two, it was stage three. That three tins was enough. Till I got a job in September 18. Joint travels in September 18. And that was enough till I got a job. I took that three things. I don't know who kept it there. I have no idea. Now, why the three, the stage three was there? I took it, came back. And then, we're coming back, I was not angry with God. I was all tears. I was saying, Thank you, Lord. I was just praising you. And then, this verse from the Bible Gentile will tell you, Even the lions can go without food. So the children of the righteous will never face that. And you know, you can be totally honest with God. You, even if you know that He's the provider, as a human being, you know, we have our emotions. It's, it's absolutely fine to be honest with God, show your true emotions. But then finally, you know, when things happen, turn around, you recognize that oh God, you are the general. And then you know that you 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 better. Thank you for sharing that with us. Really, really appreciate it. I think it is helpful because it is something that all of us wrestle with at different times. Is this sense of how do we depend on God, but we all feel all of those emotions. And so that is really helpful to just recognise that it is okay for us to be really honest, <laughs> get angry at God, and say I don't understand, I don't get it, <laughs> but to continue to trust in the midst of that. So, <coughs> well, we're really grateful that you are a part of our community, both of you, and uh, we're excited, Susan, that you're on there working for churches of Christ. As well, with global mission partners. Um, we're just grateful that God has brought you here. I mentioned this last week, just the percentage chances of people ending up being in our lives and we cross paths is extraordinary. So we really, really count it as a huge blessing from God that He's brought you to us. Uh, we hope that we continue to be a blessing to you, <laughs> but we know you're doing so much in our community and our sense that God's just getting started with you and there's a lot more in the months and years ahead. So we're excited. And, uh, so we're grateful for your provision in that and for their ability to be able to trust you uh, 
um, with that and sort of the right time. Um, so thank you. But that's now come together and it is really extraordinary the way that that's come together in terms of what uh, their shifts look like and their ability to look after the kids and all the stuff that they want together. So thank you for that. And uh, we thank you for these beautiful little boys who are so full of energy and so full of joy. So awesome, we love seeing them so much and big smiles on their faces whenever they come. And so uh, we pray for them as well as they continue to invest in them, that you give them the wisdom that they need, the patience that they need at times as well with the voice uh, to be able to help them grow into young men that you want them to become who do also centre their lives around you. And so yeah, we're just so grateful that we get to be spiritual family together, that we get to learn from them and uh, learn from their cultural experiences us to continue to more and more be a place where we can find home and find family and can find what it looks like to send in your lives home <laughs> step into the months and years to come.